Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit recoveringto.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're recovering too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today's topic is sex and intimacy. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) (laughs) I have been um, interested to talk about this subject since we started this podcast, and Alex and Liz have always pushed it down the line so today we are here with lizzie again yay and we are going to kind of share all about sex and intimacy uh disclaimer if any family members have found our podcast or are listening in i suggest just don't just keep moving (laughs) we have 20 plus other episodes just don't listen agreed (laughs) Alex is uh, lucking out on maternity leave because she really didn't want to talk about this. So we are being good friends and doing it without her. So we're uh, glad that Lizzie is uh, willing to step in and share. You know, I think it's definitely a topic that can be awkward to talk about, but it, I mean, it's a thing. And it's helpful to hear others' experiences. And at least I have found it to be that way. So definitely. Oh. All right. So um, let's, let's just talk about how, how did sex change or how was sex during your partner's active addiction? Liz? Liz? All right. Um, I would say that there just like, wasn't a lot during active addiction. Um, which, because I, what I've learned since then is that heroin opiates in general, you know, kind of take over like that pleasure zone of your brain anyway, I think. And that becomes like the only focus. So it really shuts down, um, a lot of like sexual interest, at least that was definitely the case for Jake, Um, and I think what, as I was like thinking back, I realized that I think a lot of it depends on the frequency and amount that he was using of like when that would start impacting. Um, cause there were times throughout our relationship in the last like seven years since he's been on the recovery journey that he would have short relapses and it didn't seem to be a thing then. I just don't think it like affected enough and even this last time 
um, by the time he got into like really heavy use, we weren't living together. We weren't really talking. Um, so it wasn't something I experienced, but the main, when my first experience with it was back in 2013, when, um, all of his use like came out. So if I remember correctly, we found, he started using in like January and I did not find out until August beginning of August that year that he was using heroin and I don't really remember I don't think I noticed anything like the first few months and then it was like one of those days where I was just like thinking when was the last time we had sex and I was like thinking back and couldn't really remember and it just was very odd because before that I would say that Jake was always the one like initiating I'd say like he was much like more horny than I was. And so then I started thinking like, he has not really shown any like interest in me at all. And so I would, I remember, I I vividly remember like testing things a couple of times where I'd be like, I'm just going to like spend the day walking around the house naked, or I'm just going to sit on the naked. Like surely at some point, like he's going to get aroused or say something and like he just didn't and that really like fucked with me though because I didn't know that he was using and so I was just like I don't understand what is happening and I remember you know like making some advances and there would either be like oh I'm just not into it right now or I'm tired there'd be some sort of excuse um and so, you know, after that happens a few times and you get kind of shut down and I was like, well, I'm not going to try again. Like it feels shitty to be like turned down by your partner. Um, and so, I don't know, I would say that that probably went on, like was just during the summer. I don't remember it being like from January to August that that was a thing, but it was just very weird and I couldn't figure it out. So I don't know what else to say about that at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't have any questions on that. <laughs> Lizzie, what yeah. about you? I mean, uh, your husband's yeah, an alcoholic. Yeah, I wanted to jump in because I think my experience um, obviously probably is a little bit different. Um, so, you know, I would say... And obviously with any kind of addiction, it gets worse as they go along. So like when I first realized maybe there was a problem, um, you know, it was when I had like our first child. So he's almost seven now. So, um, you know, I realized when I was pregnant and I wasn't drinking um, how much he was and how like, you know, I would find bottles hidden um, and everything. And this the sex was always like pretty consistent and normal. It was just more, um, a lot of times he would like go to bed really early. So basically pass out from drinking. Um, so for us, like our relationship, we had a lot of like, like morning sex and, um, or like if we'd been out, um, with friends or whatever, like he would be like, let's go, let's come to the closet. But it would be like, usually always like morning time. Um, I'm saying like once we woke up, so he was never, he would never be awake after drinking. 
um, and ready for sex. It was just like ready for bed. So, um, you know, like that was, but that was our normal. So, um, you know, obviously when we were first dating, I, I think, I mean, we had sex way more, um, obviously kids kind of block that a little bit. Um, but you know, he was always the pursuer. Um, and you know, the alcohol really didn't affect his performance. So, um, you know, like, I've heard that, you know, people can have sex for a very long time when they're, you know, sober. Um, I don't know how it affects like with drugs so much, but, you know, it was always, it was always consistent. So it was never anything where I would be like, oh, are you drinking a lot more than normal? The thing that really changed for us sexually is um, when he got into rehab, like if he did relapse and drink, like there's no way he could hide it because by that time he would just go back to trying to drink as much as he could. And he would be so drunk that like sex wouldn't even be like something he would even like, it was never even on the table. So for active addiction, for him, like going back and forth and relapses, it really was just, you know, it was, it would never have happened. First of all, I would have been too angry anyways, like if he even would try and, and he would never try that. So definitely different with the alcohol for sure. Yeah. So like whiskey dick, you know, you hear Mm -hmm. that term whiskey dick. Was that a thing? Not really. (laughs) So, and I think, and I think probably, (laughs) you know, maybe had he like stopped at a point where he wasn't just drinking to almost like pass out in a way, I think um, we probably would have had sex more, but usually it was like once we would get like close to going to bed, he would beat me and be asleep before anything could have ever happened. And it wouldn't have mattered at that point had I got in bed, even like butt ass naked, you know, like he's just at that point he was done. So, yeah. um, And that's why many times in the morning he'd be like, Oh, you know, that's when (laughs) things would happen. So. Right. Yeah. That's um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, why did I not like during the time? Why did I not think it was, more of a like red flag that like we had gone from having like a pretty pretty consistent like sex life to it kind of stopping um and a lot of the things you said I feel like I that those were things that I used to like justify or maybe why I didn't look into it so much is that you know a lot of the times when we would have sex it would be like we had been out like with friends or a party and like we'd come home or like there or like you said, like morning sex or whatever it might be. But during that time period when he was using and I didn't know about it, um, like he had stopped drinking. Well, I thought he had stopped drinking because of all the DUI stuff. So we like weren't going out. We weren't doing those things. Uh, I think during that time he was like working some of the like later shifts at work. So our schedules were different and there were just like a lot of times where I would be like oh yeah well we're it's just not syncing up right now or I would justify it as like you know couples go through ruts like maybe this is just a rut and so I like didn't really think a lot about it at first until then it got to the point where you know I was like trying to have sex with him and he just like wasn't interested and then that was like really confusing but I think you know, all of those other things were maybe at the time why I didn't think more about it. But now in hindsight, I'm like, that's kind of weird. 
it's it's interesting you said that all three of us I think have had like like uh our relationships like like I don't have a normal Monday through Friday job but my but my husband does and Mm. I think if I'm right like you know both of you two don't have that either so it's easier to kind of not necessarily like you said recognize that red flag like oh like you can justify as like oh well he he's got to get up early or man I'm up late and I don't have to get up I'm gonna sleep in so yeah yeah I agree I mean um so exactly what you're saying Lizzie so for me from so Steve worked overnight so he was 6 p.m to like 4 a.m or something wild and then I worked Tuesday through Saturday and so him and I would only see each other for an hour or so at night and so I think you know when you talk about red flags you know we weren't having sex that often because we just didn't really honestly have time um and then you know I'm not really a morning sex person. I don't understand. Like, no, it's just, no, thank you. (laughs) So I'm more of a a nighttime kind of gal. But, you know, we didn't have nighttime together. So, you know, I slept alone for the first years of our relationship. Um, And when we started dating in college, I mean, I was in school, you know, he was an hour away. So we didn't maybe once on the weekends. But then again, we were getting so blasted. Sometimes we wouldn't even do it because we were so like drunk yeah, and high so I'd be like, no, let's just go to bed. yeah yeah right so that wasn't really a thing for us and then we had made a pact or I made a pact and maybe it's because we weren't really having sex before the wedding I was like you know what you know you hear all, at least I heard all the time like we're not gonna have sex four months before we get married to make it more special you know when we get married and and it probably I think it ended up like six months really we didn't have sex to that I didn't know at that point he had already started using heroin Uh, but again I was super busy planning the wedding doing all my work Um, and then you know we get to the night of the wedding I even and I ended our wedding reception early I was tired you know I had found him in his car you know the night before two three a.m you know whatever and so I was like come on you know even my like wedding planner lady, I was like, Hey, can I help, you know, clean up? She's like, no, go have sex. And you know, blah, blah. blah. (laughs) She was like this wonderful old woman. And I was like, I can't believe she told me to go have sex. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I was like, you know, um, I had worked at the place where we had our wedding reception. So they like did our room up and Trump covered strawberries and champagne for us the whole nine. Like they did all these really sweet things in our room. And I was like, Hey, you know, we just got married. We got to have sex. It's like, the only thing you need to do on your wedding night. <laughs> he was like, no, I don't want to do it. And basically I was like, okay, listen, just lay there. It's going to be fine. And he did just lay there and it was nothing. And I, we even just stopped. I was like, well, this is stupid. Oh. Like, I don't even want to do this. Oh. And then on the honeymoon, we had sex a half a time. <laughs> like <laughs> he was so drunk and I was, I was drunk. And um, like, I tried to, um, you know, work my period right, but I didn't get it right. So it was terrible on the honeymoon. And like, I know it sucks. In those moments, like, did you recognize that like that sucked or that anything was weird with it? Or is it more so like now looking back on it, you're like, man, that's really disappointing that it happened that way. Yeah. So definitely disappointing. I think, again, 
stereotypically he was the pursuer kind of in the beginning um and then i remember asking all the time like hey let's do it or i'd try to you know come home try to get off work early so i could catch him earlier before he'd go to work um and it, he would always turn me down so again definitely had a lot of self-esteem issues battled with an eating disorder for quite some time and so that was just a very big blow to the ego um that he didn't want to yeah and I think it's interesting how much that lingers like I still find that like I kind of have to like work myself up sometimes to be the like the pursuer because I don't know the the like being turned down several times just really like fucked with me I think um and it was something I remember we talked about in in counseling when I brought it up And like, Jake was like, wow, like I had no idea even he was like, I don't even really remember that. But he was like, when, when you say that, and I'm like, oh, I guess that probably did happen and come across. And like, I can see how shitty that would be. But like, in the moment when, you know, he's an active addiction, like it didn't even cross his mind that he was like, turning me down or like how that would make me feel. Um, yeah. So definitely there's some like self-esteem or like, you know, in, in that period where you're like, what like is wrong with me? And you start thinking like, oh, does he want something else? Like, am I not who he wants? And um, even after like finding out like, no, that's not the case. It was just he literally didn't want sex with anyone. He's like not thinking about anyone. It's like once you kind of play that scenario in your mind a few times, I think it's hard to just forget it and lizzie so you didn't think anything was wrong because your normal was in the morning anyway yeah and i do like i actually like because we've been thinking about this like and talking about it like i do remember um like one or two times like you know trying to be the like i was home during the day and he was home like um because i i work a weird schedule so sometimes like i'll have a random you know day off during the week and i was like oh i'm just gonna I'm going to walk around in these really cute brown panties and like try to kind of entice him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I basically got shot down and I understand like how that hurts your confidence. Like, okay. Like, it's like, you never want to try again (laughs) to do that. Um, So I just, I don't know. That just made me think of that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, So it's just a tough, tough thing. And, you know, like looking back, um, I think, you know, I I do think it was just our normal. So I really didn't, I didn't notice that as much. It was just, like I said before, once he got sober and if he would drink, it would just be totally off the table. So, yeah. Well, and like, I was thinking as I was saying, you know, just the lingering effects of some of the insecurities and you know wondering like oh is it because he wants something else Mm -hmm. like and all of that was not even the case but like you Lizzie had some experiences with betrayal that you know are probably like really yeah really sticking with you so I don't know if you want to like yeah definitely that kind of goes perfect into it so um when I was pregnant, I was like six months pregnant. Um, 
I was at work and a gentleman came in from another state and um, I was in charge of the store. And so he came in with like some, like an, a manila envelope and needed to talk to me. And I'm like, okay, like that happens, you know, sometimes got to be talk to people. And sure. um, he actually told me that, you know, his wife and my husband had been talking and I was like, you know, here I am six months pregnant with a fat little belly. And I'm like, I don't know what in the world you're talking about. And then he showed me these text messages. Um, like he printed them out of them too, um, like talking. And he's like, you know, I think there's something going on. He's like, I don't believe that they've ever been together, but I think that there is something going on. And they were like, just like dirty texts to each other. Um, but I was so like in shock, like, I think you have the wrong person, like all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I called him and then he immediately came to my store. I left for the day. Um, and we, I only told my best friend and we didn't tell anybody. So, you know, I'm six months pregnant. Um, we did actually try doing some counseling. Um, but at this point, um, I didn't know how bad his drinking was like, no, not, not a clue. Like I knew that he drank and I thought he dealt with like seasonal depression, but like, I truly didn't know how bad it was. So then did he, I sorry, I have a question. Did he, um, did he try to deny the texts and things no. or how did he explain that to you? Um, so he actually came to me um, and we sat in the car and talked and he's like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I know like, because, and he took the text messages that he had printed and ripped them up and took them from me. And he's like, you know, it's just this girl that I work with. Like I met her when we went to a, tr- a trip for work, you know, she lives in the neighboring state. Um, you know, nothing has happened like, and, you know, later I learned it was more for attention, but, and I don't like, I don't try to read into what maybe really had happened at that point. Um, but probably about a week before I was due to have the baby, um, I got like a message, like a Facebook message that they're talking again is what it said. Um, and so I just literally woke him up because it was in the middle of night, like at one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And he had just been to Texas for his last work trip. And she was there. I knew she was going to be there. Like we talked a lot about it at the counselor and what he could do. And he said, I slept with her. (gasps) Yeah. And so, um, makes me feel for you. It was just like, and the, the hardest part is like, we hadn't told anybody, like, you know, I didn't share it with anyone. I shared it with my best friend who was then becoming like hateful towards him, which is totally understandable. Um, right. You know, and right. like we had told this counselor, well, so then I'm like dealing with this. We have to go like a couple days later where I'm getting induced, which then it took three days for him to come out. And, you know, I'm just like, I'm so pit, like I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm like so hurt. I'm pregnant you know like it was just just horrible and and nobody knew so like I wasn't sharing it and yeah um, you know it was hard because then I I had him and then you know like within uh they don't they don't make you stay in the labor and delivery room very long they like wheel you out um he was like oh I'm gonna go take care of our dog real quick which you know you don't need to do that but anyways it was an excuse for him to leave to go drink and I didn't real like I didn't know where it was at and um so he was 
constantly leaving and drinking, but he was like drinking where I couldn't smell it. He put like cough drops on like in his mouth and gum and everything. And so basically for a month, I dealt with um, him coming home by 2.30, being passed out in bed. Like I was nursing, so I was, you know, mainly having to do it myself anyways. But at that point, we still had it. We had a two-year-old as well. And I'm like trying to do all this. And finally, around right around a month, I like asked his dad and mom if they could come meet me, if we could just sit down and talk. And I just like lost it. And I told them everything that had happened. Um, I told them that, you know, he has a drinking problem. He's been passed out every day by 2.30. Um, and then that's when we, you know, quickly didn't take very long. We got him into rehab. Um, and that was really hard because um, I had his, I kept his iPhone and his iPad. And like after a couple of days, you know, um, his phone rang and it was like a no caller ID. And I answered it and I told her that you have no idea what's going on in your life. First of all, she was married as well. You know, and, you know, basically I was like, oh. I'm like, she's like, he's just been helping me with things. And I was like, go find your own. No more. Friends. He's not helping you find anymore. your own friends. Like, I'm like, he's married. I was like, you have no idea where, what is even going on. Like, like it was just crazy. And then right when I hung up with her, he had called from the rehab center. And I was like, I'm like, seriously, like I'm done. Like you have to make a choice. Like, you know, like I think at that point, because I had young kids, like I was willing and I was like, oh my God, I can't do this by my, by myself. Like, I don't know if I would stay now. I don't think I would. Um, obviously with everything that's happened, I wouldn't stay now, but, um, you know, then I was like, okay, well, like I could justify, like he was drunk, like, and I'm talking about drinking like fifths of Jameson by noon, like drunk, just like drunk, not thinking straight. And so that's how I kind of justified it. And, um, you know, like there was a lot of counseling work done. Um, and you know, it was really hard when you talk about like sex and intimacy, because, you know, I wanted nothing to do with that because I was like, I didn't understand like why, like, because he had never made me not feel loved. Like he was always affectionate, always like, um, we, we had good, like we have great sex. Like, um, like it was just, it didn't, it didn't make sense. And that's what was really hard, um, to get and understand. And so, um, you know, a lot of counseling, a lot of, it's still not all the way there together together counseling or separated both, counseling both. um okay. so you know like and you know i think obviously it's been over 4 years since that happened um you know he's learned a whole lot and the best thing he's done is what he's learned from counseling is he's been able to share with me like it was never about her um specifically it was just about the attention Um, and something that did happen again, like, uh, after he had been sober and he had done a couple of rehab stints, one, he did like 90 days away. Um, he'd come back home and he was home for like three or four months. Um, and he was doing his own counseling. And I think he was just like, I was having a hard time, um, relating and I don't know, just being able to communicate with him. And he decided that he thought the relationship wasn't going to work out. So he decided to get on like websites and he put up like old pictures and pretended to be like a lot younger. And he had this great job, which he wasn't working, um, you know, that he was was like (laughs) a world for him. Yes. Yeah. 
and he loved it because he was getting so much attention. And, um, you know, I obviously didn't find that out until um, one day he relapsed and I had to go pick him up and he wasn't wearing a wedding ring. And I told him, you know, that next morning, get out. And that's when he was gone for about six to eight months, like in and out of rehabs and everything. And um, it's hard because I don't I don't 100 percent know like what happened. I don't want to know during that time um, because technically, I guess we were kind of split up. But it's taken a huge toll on our relationship. And I'm, I think, um, you know, neither one of you guys have experienced that luckily, but I think there's a lot of people out there in the world. Um, you know, we've had friends that have come forward that have issues um, and, you know, situations like that have kind of happened. So it's just a, such a hard thing to rebuild. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is a ton of counseling. It's a ton of talking. It's a ton of each of us doing our own counseling. Um, and like I said, I, I think it's best when he shares like the reasons why he did it. Um, because it did take a, it took a toll on my like confidence, my, um, like who I was, like, I just, I worried about that stuff while I was trying to like have a tiny child and a baby. And it was, it was a lot. Right. So, Oh yeah. I mean, that is, a lot to go through in general but then right in the middle of going giving birth and then having two small kids and just everything like I can't imagine your hormones and everything at that point must have oh gosh I feel for you yeah which I think yeah I mean it's absolutely terrible and you know, you think, you know, if, if you've not listened to the episode with Lizzie, I mean, she shares, you know, you've, you've shared mm-hmm. a lot more and it's like, after like, how, how could you stay with him? Right. So you have the infidelity right before your mm-hmm. second child, you know, you have that awful suicide attempt. You have him leaving. I mean, didn't he get his own apartment yeah, for a while? Yeah. And, and then there was like a couple other things that you had shared with us. And it's like, you know, I mean, you mentioned you stayed because you think was it was the small mm-hmm. children. I mean, but I mean, weren't you just like, fuck it enough is enough. Yeah. And I think that that happened. Um, it's really hard. And I'm sure anyone can relate when you actually get away from the situation. So like having him leave and walking, like I can remember it, like, because I had to stay strong. Like I didn't want him like, so much of like if someone could see in my in my body I was like screaming come back come back like just be with me but I had to be the hard ass and stand there and watch him like walk away out of our house and know that like okay fuck it I'm selling this like we're moving like you know like it was just it was really hard but when I could get away from the situation that's when I started to get like healthier and stronger and you know that's when I got to a point where I was like you know what fuck this. Like, I can do this by myself. I've been doing it for a while. Um, You know, he's been out in la-la land, addiction land. Um, He's not helping pay for anything, like nothing. Like, I can do this. And so I started getting stronger. And that's when I was like, you know what? Like, I basically was like, you got to figure out, like, are we getting a divorce or what? Like, I had seen a divorce lawyer just to know what I was up against. And, um, you know, and that's when, you know, pretty quickly, he decided to get back into a rehab facility and you know it's basically been pretty decent since so um 
but that gave me a lot of confidence like when I realized you know I don't need him I can do this by myself um and more strength I guess for myself so so at first it was like you were like when you first found out about the infidelity and everything it sounds like it was a you know you're staying with him because you felt like you needed him and like you couldn't be by yourself and now through a lot of work on both parts it's more of like you're you're choosing to be with him at this point sure and also like the first time when it happened um you know I knew well and I had learned like how bad the addiction was and so for some I don't even know how I could do it but it was easy for me to separate you know sober drew and addiction drew and you know like I don't think addiction drew would want to do any of those things or you mean sober drew yeah sorry sober drew would never want to do any of those things like addiction drew bring it on like and so it was for some reason it was easier for me to separate it so once I knew that he was like willing to be sober and work hard for it like and work for us and our family like that's where you know I was like okay and he put a lot of effort into it from from the first time he did go so I was like okay well and like and since he's actually been sober and really truly like working a program and working on himself like there haven't been new infidelity issues betrayal strikes I mean that make a difference if you know if he then was sober and was working the program and those other things were continuing to happen then that would be a little bit harder to separate it Mm -hmm. from like oh it's an it's related to the addiction yeah exactly Yeah. yeah So I, th- I think you said two, um, two interesting things or two things that you said brought things up for me. <clears throat> so Steve has always maintained that because he, he has had just a path that's not typical where he did relapse once after he decided on the road to recovery, but after that he's not had any relapses and he's almost, he's, you know, four and a half years now, which is wonderful. And so I'm like, how, like, you know, I've asked him many times, like, how have you stayed sober? Like why? And he was like, I felt that you were going to leave. He, he believes, and I also believe that I'm a strong woman, that if, um, that that was it, like that I can do it on my own. And so I think that's a very interesting, um, thing that you said, Lizzie, that you were like, yeah, I can do this on my own. I've been doing Mm -hmm. it on my own. And Steve also felt that, you know, that I could do it on, on my own, which I, which I also think is interesting. And, you know, there was the, like, I've told Steve before, like, I don't know everything that happened during his years and years and years of active use. And I told him, like, if you cheated on me, do not tell me, because I don't want to know. And I, and I think some people may hear you say, like, I don't want to know what happened during that six to eight Mm -hmm. months that we were together. Um, However, I feel as if, if I found out, if you told me tomorrow, hey, I also cheated on you while I was stealing money while I was uh in active use while I was lying to you I also cheated on you I think even in this current state I would say fuck you I'm out I've put up with enough like and I just think like that's gonna be the straw that breaks the camel's back I'm like don't you ever fucking tell me if you did like it's just an interesting thing that you said that because I I think the same yeah and I think also like our minds do really bad things when you like I'd rather just not go there. Like when you open up that, that can of worms of, 
oh, this, this happened, or I actually saw these people or blah, 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 you know, like you can take your mind to the, to such a bad place and I don't want to go there. So not sure. Yeah. I think some people may think that we're like ostriches (laughs) and we're burying our head in the sand, but it's our choice. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have done this with a professional counselor though. um, And I had to do it more than (laughs) once. And, you know, and it was with two different people that said, you know, like, you, you know, you have the floor, you can ask whatever you want. Like, I want you to think about this, though, like, you know, and the walking you through, like, sometimes it's best to not know, like, you already know something happened, that's devastating enough. Like, do you need to keep putting salt into the wound? And that, that kind of stuck with me, like, okay, I got it. (laughs) So. Right. And I had Steve take an STD test, like, right when I found Mm -hmm. out he got um, when he got clean. Oh, anybody else? I was going to ask you guys about that. Yeah. Well, one, I think they do it in they do. rehab anyway. So mm-hmm. like that was something. Um, but then anytime that I found out that he had relapsed, I would usually go and get tested just in case, even, even though he was like, I've never been with anybody or like, I'm not sharing needles with anybody during this time. It was like, I just needed to go do that for my own peace of mind. So I got, I got tested as well. Um, and, um, you know, he was in and out of rehab enough that he was getting tested. So, um, but I wanted to know for myself, like, I just wanted to make sure I was okay. So yeah, I got tested as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think an interesting thing, and this is something that I, I didn't say in my little spiel um of how like you didn't know like we didn't have sex for like two years towards the end so like after we got married it was like we didn't ever have sex like he says oh yeah it happened but like he doesn't remember anything because he was high all the Mm -hmm. time maybe once in like two years two and a half do I remember doing it that is so crazy I just I can't even imagine yeah but then in my head, I rationalize it. Sure. He's so tired from work. I'm so tired from work. We don't see each other. I mean, because then he did switch to days, but we still weren't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even today, like, I mean, you have kids, like, you actually have to, um, I feel like you have to, like, schedule it or work it in. Like, it's difficult. So. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. With for a- you, though, uh, Elise and Steve. Yes, that was yeah, pre kids yeah. for me. Yes. Uh, actually, didn't you conceive like in the first time? <laughs> yes. Um, the reason, yeah. The, so, okay. So, I mean, this is interesting. Um, so, yes. So, I got drunk New Year's Eve. <laughs> you guys are going to hear the story of, my, <laughs> of how I conceived my first. <laughs> uh, got drunk New Year's Eve. I had two beers, came home. We hadn't had sex ever since he got sober because he's a stranger. I don't know mm-hmm. who this is. Like he's been lying to me for years. Like what's going on. And so I, I, I had, um, you know, I had a, two beers and I got a little frisky and I was like, Hey, you know, let's do it. And it was fine. It was, you know, quick. <laughs> and, um, it was like, whatever. Um, and that's how my first was born, <laughs> but it was just like, it was very awkward, very weird to have sex. And then, you know, we didn't really do it much after. Cause when you get pregnant, you get sick, mm-hmm. you don't feel good. And then you, blow up like a balloon so you know we've just had a very um 
even though I'm very comfortable talking about sex, I'm very open about sex, I am interested in trying new things with sex, we don't have it as much as one might think as comfortable I am of talking about it um (laughs) so I'm interested hopefully you know once these kids get a little bit older and you know all that like I'm interested to jump into that and explore our physical relationship because we really haven't ever gotten to do that with one another well and with being sober which I think that was some um something you mentioned like you hadn't had sex for a while since he had been sober because it's like oh he's like a stranger and you know you had a lot of feelings um I don't remember so much thinking the thing of like oh Jake is a stranger but I had a hard time like after he got sober or even following relapses of like wanting to be physical with him because I would just be so mad or disappointed and so in some ways I'd be like don't even touch me like I can't like look at you right now, like let alone like be with you. Um, and sometimes though, I it was almost to, like a, a detriment where I'd almost like withhold out of like where I was like punishing myself sometimes where it'd be like, oh, I want to have sex, but I'd be like, oh, we're not going to do this because I'm mad at him still and I don't want to make it seem like <laughs> things are normal. And I remember my therapist one time, I wish I could remember the way she worded it, where she was just like, it's okay to like put your angry feelings on pause to like have your needs met and things like you can still be mad and not like the decisions he made and like still have sex. And like, and I was like, Oh, I can <laughs> like, I was just like, I just tied it so much as like being a reward almost. I don't know. That sounds weird, but um, yeah, that was always hard for me to like get past I don't know. Like, what about for you? Yeah, Lizzie, I'd be interested to hear, like, how do you, how do you be intimate with someone? Well, I think at least you said it, like, it's like a stranger. Um, And, you know, like when people are getting sober, they're having to learn who they are. So one thing I've always joked with my husband is like, and I think it's really weird as a married couple, like, he's like, so like, he gets out of the... (laughs) And I make fun of him all the time. It's like a joke now, but he gets out of the shower and he's like all like, like uh protective of everything. He like hides, he closes the door oh, and I'm like, oh. oh my God. I'm like, I just saw you earlier. We were having sex. Like, you know, it's just like, it's the funniest thing in the whole world. So I don't know if he has some other like issues, like he's kind of working on there, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just this, you know, it did feel really weird it's still it's still strange because um you know at first it was like a stranger but then also like I was having the same kind of um you know like anger kind of like you were saying Liz like you're you just have all these emotions and then I get like I never thought I was like an emotional head case but you know apparently I have become one um sometimes when it comes to like sex um and it is really hard having little kids around um you know, luckily, actually, this weekend, my sister took them away. So we were able to like get time, we don't have to worry about anyone like busting in on us. Um, this is actually a really funny right. story. Months ago, we were, we had sex and we thought our son came in there and was like, what the heck is going on in here? And like, we were, we were like, at that point, like done. And we were just like talking, but it was the funniest thing in the whole world. Like, I'm like, okay, note to self, we need to, uh, 
be a little bit more careful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as far as being intimate, it's it's still not 100% comfortable. Like, we have really great sex. So once we're having sex, it's fine. It's more just the getting there and getting to that point. Like, you know, I am less likely to initiate it. Um because there were a couple times like in the past where I felt like I was denied and it just kind of crushed me. So um, a lot of times I do, he is more the one who, you know, ends up making the the first move. Um, We've talked a lot about it at counseling too, um, where, you know, our counselors tried to push me more to kind of initiate more and I'm working on it. I just, I told her, I was like, I just think I still tie it to so much stuff um, from the past. So. Well, and I think, so we've talked quite a bit about, uh, sex, uh, and I know, you know, we're kind of getting, you know, longer in time, but like intimacy, like I think I have, you know, being vulnerable or opening myself up to like the intimacy, like, sure. Suck your dick jump on it whatever like I think that that's different than like the intimacy Mm -hmm. part like I feel as if I can separate Mm -hmm. those um so I think like what about you guys have you had issues with intimacy I'm scared still I think personally um to be vulnerable because there's because you've been betrayed yeah and I think it's gonna you know we've talked a lot about it at a counselor like you know, building intimacy sometimes isn't what you think um, it is. Sometimes it's sharing your day. Like, how was your, you know, like it's the communication part where you're building trust and you're building a life like together. Um, Like I've learned lots of things through my husband's counselor where, you know, he has a lot of issues with his mom and he wouldn't tell her, he would tell her bits and pieces of like stories and truths because she, is very controlling. Um, He uses the word narcissist. And so he's like, I didn't even like telling her things because she automatically knew what was right. And so it's translated now into our relationship. And so, um, you know, I keep telling him, the more you inform me and tell me and communicate, the more intimate I feel. And then the more comfortable I feel like in Mm -hmm. our relationship. Yeah, that that does make sense. I was thinking for me, I don't feel like the intimacy part was something we've had much of an issue with, which kind of sounds strange. Um, but like Jake, like where I think Jake is different sometimes than others is like, he's always been very open about talking. And so I feel like we have a lot of regular communication and like anytime that we're watching TV, we're usually like one of us is like laying on the other. We're touching, like, we're just always like, touching Mm -hmm. each other a lot so and I feel like that still like happened where there was like a closeness but then it like was more on the physical side that was missing I don't know yeah I mean obviously there's still like we're talking about intimacy with like oh trust issues like like still obviously have trust issues but like we, the communication part is there and like sharing and being vulnerable with like what we're sharing about. I think in a lot of areas, I think the one area where it's hard to be vulnerable is like when it comes to like actual sex and saying like, oh, this is what I want or let's do this now. Like 
that is where I have more trouble communicating. Um, and I think he does too, but just in general, like talking about like our days or fears or even recovery things and therapy stuff, like sometimes I have to like tell him, okay, stop talking. My ears are hurting. Like, or I'm just tired of listening. Yeah, that's interesting. It's taken a while. Like, I think, um, like, we've always communicated, but it's, like, taken a lot for him to go, like, further than, like, surface area telling me stuff, if that makes sense. So, um, I think probably in rehab, they learn to share way more than, you know, you probably can imagine. And that's probably what you're talking about a little bit, Liz. Um, For me, like, also the intimacy and the trust, like, um, since a lot of things were done on the on the on the cell phone like you know making up sites um you know texting and doing all these things looking back I could see like I was just never looking at his phone to see what he was doing but now that brings up a lot of like um, yeah I guess you could say it PTSD like you know like it it makes it's very uncomfortable and you know when he really finally heard what I was saying like when he finally came home from you know a a rehab center and I he lived in a halfway house and actually came to live with us like he worked really hard like when he would just come and stay for like three hours he wouldn't even bring his phone inside um I think whoever told him that was great advice because then he was just being present with us um and you know still like I think there was some app that my mother-in-law had us download like a month ago remember at least I because I sent you something because you use it um I can't remember what that Oh, Marco, yes, Marco Polo. Polo but, for some, <laughs> but, and so I told him, like, he put it on there and like, you know, it just made me feel, I don't know why it just made me feel so uncomfortable. I told him that it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I just told him where my brain went. Like it just went down this rabbit hole. And I told him yeah. and he's like, I just deleted it. And so it wasn't even on his phone very long at all. And so, you know, those things are really important. And I think if he that's like building trust but there's still like there is a lot out there that I'm like just you know it's happened before so I don't know if you ever get to the point when you've betrayed to to, uh you know be completely trusting our relationship is Mm -hmm. way better than it's ever been because of communication and all that but I just am not sure if I'll ever be trusting 100% so agree yeah I just think you got to protect yourself. I just think I just don't ever want to be duped yeah. again, personally. Like I have planned, like, I think you guys maybe talked about on another episode with Alex about like your plan B, maybe, um, you know, just having mm-hmm. an option. Yep. Um, and, you know, like eventually we're going to, we'll probably move again. And, you know, but in my mind, I'm always going to be like, well, can I do this by myself? Like, I don't ever want to put myself yeah. in a position where I would need to rely on him for I know that sounds so bad but um it's just a way to protect myself like I enjoy having his yeah having him there but I have to be able to be safe because addiction is never yeah well I guess that's like a a side effect of the disease almost like if our loved ones had a different disease that we had to take into account like you know maybe we'd have to be like oh they have whatever disease it might be and so there's potential for these um 
health expenses or whatever it might be like that would be something mm-hmm. that you would plan for as you're making decisions um and so i think sometimes you know when people might hear us be like well why do you want to like live this way if you're always having to have like a plan b or you don't feel like you can trust them or whatever but i i guess it's because that we understand the addiction part of it maybe like we've learned more and so Mm-hmm. yeah it's just something that comes with the territory a little bit that you have to like think these things and be prepared yeah yeah it's the true reality so we're not living in a fantasy we're living in reality and um I mean I think it is really important like it's hard because I think sometimes when we get talking it sounds so sometimes sounds so crazy but you know, like I do think, um, and I think I've said it to you guys before, like had not all these things happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like, you know, maybe if that gentleman yes. never came into my store and told me that, you know, maybe I would have had three more years of right. just it getting worse and worse and, you know, another situation happening. Like, you know, I think all these things happen and, you know, now we're in a really good place and, you know, um, he has like, Um, a couple more weeks and he'll finally hit like a year and you know he's like super excited and um, I know a lot of the there's meetings Uh, that actually start up tomorrow that he's so excited to go to his meeting and um, you know it sounds it's just it is really good and it keeps getting better and this pandemic has been so good for us to be home all the time Um, you know he's still working but we're getting that time together that maybe I would have been at work and um it, it yeah. is good and it can be good. So I think it's that's good important to say. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think we had a fantastic conversation today. I know <laughs> Liz, you were a little nervous when I, I talked kind of, about this. It's interesting to hear. It's just sometimes uncomfortable to share your own, you know, private details. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez all right everyone well thank you so much for listening if you have any stories you'd like to share with us or if you have any questions with us or you can relate to any of our stories we're always happy to hear happy to help um email us contact us at hello at boyproblems.com and keep coming back Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.